your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Friday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So we are finishing off this week's of episode before we get you into the holiday weekend, at least in the United States. It is Memorial Day weekend um, this weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week. I'm actually going to be doing something, I think, tomorrow for Boston, New York, game one, to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way. We talk sports. So today was locker room cleanout day. That is going to be the main focus for today's episode. We're just going to get some quotes from some of the players on what I took away from some of them um, and just a couple other things, such as also some talk about Mike Sullivan and where my stance on him uh, is going into next season. But let's start out with some of the uh, locker room quotes as the Penguins had to clean out their lockers today. If I scroll back here on my Twitter account, um, you know, Kasperi Kapanen, I did see this media, a video. It was tweeted onto my timeline from a person called uh, Megan, um, a girl called Megan from Penguin's Twitter. Uh, please follow her. She, she, her, act, her at is actually at Kasperi Kapanen's, which is, you know, it, it, she probably must have made that today just because of the video. I actually have no idea if she did, but I'm assuming she did. But uh, Kapanen got really emotional talking about how much, you know, Pittsburgh and this team uh, means to him. I mean, he obviously was drafted by the Penguins. Of course, he went with, to Toronto, but he even talked about it in his uh, his press conference. Say like, yeah, you know, I had fun in Toronto, but with this group of guys in this city, because I just because I've never had this much fun, and I just he can't wait for next season. And, and it looked like he got uh, teary eyed, and you know, it's just it just speaks to show um, just how much he truly loves this team and loves the city, and how much he wants to succeed here. Um, as for the outfit, he's wearing this purple, almost like a purple Nike shirt. It looks like almost like the Emperor is on there, but it, it's something else with a beach hat and almost aviator sunglasses. So I even tweeted out, looks like Kasperi Kapanen is going to the beach um, this weekend just because he looked to be in off-season form already. Mike Matheson also spoke to the media. He said uh, another thing that I thought, was true. He said five of the six games, we outplayed them for large stretches. To be sitting here not playing is really tough to digest. And I even said, he's 100% right about that. I thought the Penguins were the better team easily in five of the six games. Obviously, game four was the outlier because the Islanders controlled play um, that entire game. But game one, Pittsburgh should have won outside of Christian Jari, basically giving that away. Obviously, they won game two. Game three, they were good enough to win, even though Jari allowed four goals. Simeon Barlamo was not that good. Game five, Definitely well enough to win. I mean, they had they out-attempted the Islanders by over 30 attempts. They outshot them by over 22 shots. They led in high danger chances, 14 to four. Um, scoring chances for I think they outscored. Oh, they basically led in that I think by over 15 to 16, if I'm not mistaken. And you know they still lost because of course of the giveaway. And then they badly outplayed the Islanders in Game Six. Though I know the Islanders kind of turtled in the third period when they were up to, and they just are playing prevent defense, but the Penguins were trying to take it to them as much as they could in that period. And so I definitely see where Matheson is coming from and, you know, why the group of players are just so upset because, I mean, they definitely did outplay them uh, for large stretches in the series. And again, you know, if it wasn't for Tristan Jari screwing it up 
with Pittsburgh and then Ilya Sorokin also being God on the other side, Pittsburgh would still be playing today. Again, people, I can't make be more clear than that. I, I have already seen Islanders fans on Twitter try to say, oh, well, yeah, man, there's there's other reasons as to why we won. You know, Adam Pellick owns Sidney Crosby. I mean, that's just flat out not true. When Sidney Crosby was on the ice, I think for more goals for than goals against, he was there. Um, more high danger chances for than high danger chances against. More scoring chances for, more scoring chances against, and shot attempts and shots on goal. So I really don't know where that narrative is coming from. I guess he's just talking about how Sid didn't produce actual points-wise. But, you know, if it weren't for Ilya Sorokin, again, being really freaking good, um, Sid would have had um, a lot more points in this series. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's still really tough. I, I even tweeted it out, you know, that they outchanced them, outattempted them, and had more high-danger chances expected goals for. Um, basically this entire series. So I really understand where Matheson is coming for, from there. Um, I also saw he had a really good quote here as well. Um, he, he actually pointed out that his confidence was shaken going into this year. And his actual quote was, personally, I think I was playing some of the best hockey of my year come play on time. And, you know, he's not wrong. If you look at the data and you watch the games for those last, basically that last month, two months and a half before he got hurt going into the playoffs, he truly was playing his best hockey. And if, if he didn't got uh, got hurt, I would have been really curious to see how he would have finished the season. I'm sure he would have continued his hot streak. But um, the eye test and the data both back each other up to say that Matheson was playing some really good hockey and was really starting to figure it out um, uh, during that last stretch of the season because it, it definitely was a bit ugly to start out, you know, that first month to a month and a half. Um, he did not play well, was basically a turnover machine in his own zone, was not really contributing anything um, offensively either. But, you know, what a talent that he is. You know, honestly, outside of Chris Letang, I think he's the best puck mover um, on this defensive core. They just had to get his defensive issues cleaned up. They definitely did that, and I'm really curious to see um, where Matheson goes next season. I, I, I've already seen people think they should try to dangle him. I, I'm on that board a bit. You know, it's just what team is going to take, what, five more years of that contract at $4.8 million per or whatever, how much he makes. And I just really don't see a team training for that contract because apparently on Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts podcast today, apparently he, he has talked to someone um, around the league who thinks that the cap is not going to go up for another five years and we're going to have a flat cap for the next five years. So uh, hashtag not great Bob on Twitter for that one. That is just really bad. I mean, it, it's, it's the only league that's going to be facing this problem. The NBA MLB and the NFL are not going to be facing this problem. Of course, you know, the NHL, though, they just can never get out of their own way. But again, really nice quotes from Mike Matheson. Jake Gensel, though, was hard on him, himself, and rightfully so. He did not produce. Um, his quote was, I have to find a better way to produce and do my job here. I take a lot of responsibility for that. I let a lot of people down. I have to find a way to put the puck in the net and make plays and be better uh, there. And as Danny said, I, I remembered this stat from the other day. He also tweeted this out on his personal Twitter. Um, he was first on the Penguins in, on shots on goal with 25, second on the team in 23 scoring chances for, first on the team in high danger with 11 chances, and then first in expected goals at 2.08. So, and as Danny put, 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 put points at the end, have to think if Jari could make a save, we would not be having um, this discussion. Or also, Danny, if Ilya Sorokin stopped playing like God, um, I don't really think we would be having this discussion um, either. But I understand why people are a bit upset with Jake Gensel. That being said, again, everyone, the fact that people want to trade Jake Gensel, stop. I mean, th that would just be tremendously, tremendously stupid. 
Um, I did see the tweets out there, maybe looking at a trade for Matthew Kachuk for Jake Ensel. You know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe makes a little bit of sense. I was like, you maybe have to think about it. Then I think uh, Matt Chapman from the 412 Sports Talk put out a couple um, charts with their underlying numbers comparing them. And it's like, yeah, Jake Ensel is just miles better than Kachuk. I think everyone just loves Kachuk for obvious reasons. You know, he just, he's a physical player, good defender, but he can also put up offense and he's a big body. But, you know, Jake Ensel is one of the top five, 10 pure goal scorers in hockey. And he's cheaper than Kachuk. I know he's a bit older, but, you know, he, he is cheaper. And, you know, he always has a history of producing, not just during the regular season, but the playoffs as well. But overall, everyone, please stop with these Jake Gensel trade rumors. It's not going to happen. I would be flat out stunned uh, if Jake does get traded this year. Uh, Marcus Pedersen had a couple interesting quotes. I mean, he, he said, talked about Latang. He played his ass off for us every night. He also talked about his game. He did say that he felt like he didn't take the necessary uh, step needed this year for his game. And I'm glad he called himself out for that. You know, I'm sure he's going to train hard this offseason. I understand that, you know, Pedersen was the whipping boy for a lot of people on Penguins Twitter this year just because he's not good offensively. He just... He's just basically kind of there for defense. You know, he's just kind of that guy in the defensive zone who's just going to, you know, play the puck like it's mud almost. Basically just play the defensive zone like it's mud, I think is my best way of um, putting it. But, you know, hopefully we will see more offense from him out of next year. If he is here, you know, he is definitely a big trade candidate um, for Ron Hextall if they want to get him out and put P.O. Joseph onto this team going into next season so you can maybe have Joseph and then maybe Chad Ruido as your third pairing unless they don't want to bring back Cody CC. A um, couple other quotes. Um, Brian Russ spoke. He says, I love it here. I've been here my whole career. I don't want to go anywhere. But he did also say this. Um, he's like, at the end of the day, uh, family is most important to me, and that's going to drive my decision. So um, he might be gone this season, offseason, excuse me. I could definitely see Ron Hextall and Brian Burke trading him, not just because um, he's just, you know, a scapegoat or something like that. It's just because he has one more year left on his contract. Three and a half million per, obviously one of the best bargains in hockey. But the big thing here, people, is that he is probably going to command five to five and a half to six million per on his next contract. And you could totally see a team in Vancouver with Jim Benning if he's still there paying him that money. That is, you just you do not want to be paying. Brian Ross for the next five to six years after that contract is up, he will be 30 years old. P paying for uh, someone from 30 to 35 or 30 to 36 is just not good asset management. Um, I know Russ has done a lot for this team, um, but this probably will be his last season here if he is not traded. I just really don't see Pittsburgh um, re-signing him. Chris Letang spoke as well. He said he reiterated at the end of the day that him – uh, Gino and Crosby want to finish their careers as Penguins. I'm sure Ron Hextall and Brian Burke feel that way as well. I was listening to Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts. He said um, it's basically um, for a general manager to trade any of the three, it has to be in writing from Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle. So you need ownership's blessing to do that. Again, I don't think Mario Lemieux is interested in that, and I really think um, that all three of them will retire here at the end of the day. Brian Dumoulin also spoke, talked about the core. They're the ones that established the culture in Pittsburgh. Without them, we don't have that culture. Again, he's 100% right as well. I mean, that's mainly it from locker room day. Mike Sullivan did confirm the injuries. Uh, there were really only two. Casey DeSmith had a soft tissue groin injury that kept him out of the playoffs. I mean, that sounds like it's definitely got a freaking hurt. And then he finally confirmed, well, we've known for a while that uh, now that Evgeny Malkin was dealing with a very serious knee injury, as Rod Rossi reported on The Athletic. I was told earlier, earlier in the day um, by a source, uh, I'm not obviously going to reveal who it was, um, and it did come to fruition, 
Um, because I was just wondering if they were going to talk that Ron Hextall and Brian Burke were not going to speak today. Definitely seems weird that they didn't going into the holiday weekend. I guess they didn't want to get their media availability out of the way yet, but hopefully they will do that sooner rather than later so that we can hear their thoughts on it um, and what they plan to do for this offseason. But that does it for this segment for talking about the locker room cleanups coming up in the next segment. I'm going to touch on a little bit about Mike Sullivan and a couple other thoughts that I heard on Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts. Uh, but before we do that, it's time to talk about Bilt Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, my favorite, mint brownie, raspberry cherry. Uh, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Uh, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of nut carbs. A couple of the others have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of nut carbs. Um, you can also go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So as I normally do every Friday, um, I listen to Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts of the Podcast because um, outside of, uh, you know, my podcast, which I, I think mine is pretty good, but, you know, it's definitely not up to par um, for 31 Thoughts. I think 412 Sports Talk is obviously great. The Nick and Nick Show, uh, Tyler and Zach. Um, for around the 412, they do a great job. There are so many content creators um, in this city um, that do wonderful podcasts. Um, I think, uh, I know I'm forgetting one right now. Um, I, it's going to come to me during this episode, I know, but I'm going to get to hers um, probably a bit later. But overall, please listen to all these other podcasts because they all do a great job as well. But going back to what I was saying about Elliot Freeman stuff. So they, they got to the Penguin series and, you know, Jeff Merrick asked Elliot about his thoughts on the series. And, you know, he actually echoed what me and a lot of other people were saying and that, you know, he didn't want to, you know, harp on Jari too much because he knows he's down really bad. But the, the Penguins lost this series because of goaltending and he feels like they shouldn't overreact to that just because Ilya Sorokin was really good and Tristan Jari was really bad. He even said that he thought Pittsburgh carried the play for a lot of this series and that they played, you know, pretty well. Again, the numbers back that up, the eye test backs that up. And he just kind of said that he felt a little bit for the Penguins just because um, they weren't rewarded for their good play. Then got to some of the rumors that obviously were circulating the team. He also said he does not expect Sidney Crosby, Kenny Malkin, or Chris Letang to go anywhere. Though he did talk about the goaltending stuff. He said, of course, you know, they tried to trade for Flurry last year. Could they do that again? Me personally, I don't see the Penguins doing that because Jim Rutherford is not here anymore. I really don't think Ron Hextall, um, because he has no loyalty to anyone in this organization, is going to call up Vegas and say, hey, you know, are you potentially moving Flurry? I think it's more likely, as I said yesterday, that they may look to trade for Robin Leonard because I think with the season that Flurry is having right now, um, and how he'll finish. Um, he'll definitely, one, potentially get the Vesna, and two, I think Vegas will definitely want to keep him uh, for next season as he's obviously under contract, and I don't think they'll look to move him, even though, um, excuse me, we'll have, what, $12 million locked up into goaltending. He did also make another, um, he, he, he kind of said he was talking out of his butt, but he did wonder if the Penguins can maybe look at trading for Jonathan Quick. Again, that is a hard pass. Uh, Jonathan Quick used to be a really good goalie. You know, for a time, he was also considered the Marc-Andre Fleury of the West because, you know, I mean, he was just really inconsistent, especially 
in the playoffs. But, you know, I'm trying to find this tweet here from Chad where he talked about how bad Quick was this season. So, yeah, he had a goal saved above average of minus 8 this past season, and he's 35 years old. I mean, his save percentage was also um, well below, below what it's been in the past. Again, that's a hard pass, and he also has a lot of term left, I think, on his contract. He's definitely not someone that you want to bring in, especially for a trade. I don't know why you would give up assets to go get Jonathan Quick. I know they're going through a rebuild, and Cal Peterson, I think, is going to be their starter uh, really soon, but he's definitely not someone that I would target. Um, I've, I've set a few targets. Linus Allmark, if you want to go big and try to get John Gibson, you can do that. Um, Tuka Rask, though, that's probably not going to happen because Boston's going to re-sign him. Peter Morozik makes sense. Antti Ranta, Darcy Kemper from Arizona. But Friedman did confirm that he thinks Pittsburgh will look to get a veteran goaltender in there for the short term to try to push Jari for next season in like a 1A, 1B role. What that means for Casey DeSmith, I don't know. But he did confirm he it sounds like that Pittsburgh wants to do that this offseason. We'll see what Ron Hextall says when he and Brian Burke uh, meet with the media for the first time after the season. That was basically it. You know, he talked a little bit about Brian Dumoulin, said he's always been underrated. Um, also talked about Mike Sullivan, which I am going to get to actually in the next segment. But yeah, again, everyone, this team does not need to overreact this offseason. And even Elliot said on his podcast, you know, they could overreact and do some really weird stuff, but he thinks it would be foolish to, foolish to considering the season that they did have and that they only lost in the playoffs due to the biggest X factor, which is goaltending. So again, I think you're really mainly looking at a couple tweaks for this team going into the offseason. I really don't think Hextall and Burke are going to blow this team up, especially with, I mean, even Hextall said after the trade deadline, he said with how we were playing, you know, that the, the team convinced us that we had to go out and make a trade to try to go for the Stanley Cup. I think um, with how they played in the playoffs, I mean, normally if you get average goaltending, um, Pittsburgh would have won that. I think if he sees that and he sees how they played, um, he's going to go into next season uh, trying to give this team another run and make the necessary moves in order to do that. But that'll do it for this segment as I touched on Elliot Freeman's 31 thoughts and just gave you all some info from that. Um, before we do get to the next segment, though, it is time to talk about BetOnline, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert with the promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So I did want to touch on Mike Sullivan here for a few minutes before I called an episode and talked to you all on Monday. Um, I keep seeing these takes that Sullivan should be fired. You know, I saw it after the bubble, saw it in 2019, which was really foolish then. Um, I still think it's foolish now. That being said, I do think Mike Sullivan should be on a bit of a hot seat going into next season. If they go into next season and he's the coach and they have a really good regular season and they get bounced in the first round again, I really think you will see Mike Sullivan um, 
fired, and I think Hextall and Burke would be like, hey, we all, we know what you've done for this franchise, but I think a new, fresh voice is needed. And also, you know, going back on the, the podcast that, with Elliot Freeman, he really said the only way he sees Sullivan fired this offseason, even though he called it unlikely, is if Hextall and Burke think that they need a fresh voice. I mean, I personally don't think that just yet. I think you probably are looking at another year of a bad playoff exit in the first round before Mike Sullivan does get fired. But like I said, he definitely is on the hot seat. You know, Dan Bilesma survived uh, five years after uh, he won the Stanley Cup. I mean, remember everyone, 2009-10, they got, uh, they lost in the second round to Montreal. Next year, they lost in the first round to Tampa Bay. Again, though, bad, bad uh, comparison there because Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin uh, were out. Then they had the two really embarrassing runs in the first round when they got crushed by the Flyers. Uh, Actually, no, I, I don't even, I, I, it's so late at night. I am being so stupid right now, everyone. I apologize. Um, had that bad first round against the Flyers, got to the Eastern Conference Final, and got embarrassed by the Bruins, and then next year uh, loses in the second round after they blew a 3-1 to series to the New York Rangers. But, so he, he blew three to, two 3-1 three to one, uh, series leads in two separate years before he got fired. And, you know, they just, they needed a change of voice there because it had been five years. And I understand, you know, the same I guess comparison can be made here because it's been almost five years since Sullivan won a cup here, and I know it's been three straight first-round exits, but I think his system works. I mean, you can definitely have a few tweaks to it. Maybe the defensemen don't pinch as much at times, but you saw how well it was working against the Islanders, which is one of the stingiest teams in the league, and they were taking them to school in five of those six games. So I really don't think it's the system. I think it'll come down to, as I said, do does Ron Hextall think this team needs a new voice? If he doesn't, and you know everything that you know that I've seen him talk about with Mike Sullivan and Brian Burke, the same, uh, they they it points to that Sullivan is going to come back, and rightfully so. This team uh, endured a lot in this regular season, but again, you know the the, the Pittsburgh Penguins are not built for just regular season success. This is a Stanley Cup contender. They only have a couple more years before that window is slammed shut entirely. Uh, when you think of the Penguins, you don't just think of them making the playoffs. You think of them going on a deep run in the playoffs and ultimately winning the Stanley Cup as they have five times since 1991 and three times since 2009. So, and Sullivan even said as such day, you know, he even said we had a lot of regular season success, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean shit if you bow out in the first round. He knows that. I'm sure he's going to make the necessary adjustments um, for during this offseason. And again, you know, I understand people are also going to say, well, you know, he just lost again to Barry Trotz. That's now three in a row since 2016 and 2017. But I really don't think Barry Trotz did anything to beat him in this series other than just switching to a goaltender who just went God mode. He was 4-0 in this playoffs with a 940 to 950 save percentage. That's why they won. There was nothing Trotz did systematically that hindered Mike Sullivan's system in any way. I just, I truly don't believe that. And again, I'll say it for the 5,000th time. They really only won because of the goaltending in this series. But I still am a believer in Mike Sullivan. And I think he is the right coach to bring this team back to the promised land at the end and win another Stanley Cup championship. I think he is right there with Badger Bob Johnson for the best coach in franchise history. Uh, I know a lot of people will still say Badger Bob because what he, with, with what he did with the 91 team, I 100% understand that. But again, with what Mike Sullivan has done with this team ever since he took over with back-to-back cups and how much he's won with this team, I know they've lost four straight playoff series. He definitely deserves to be in the conversation for the best coach in franchise history. But I'm excited to see what he does in the offseason. I don't expect there to be a lot of coaching changes, though one I will say, they need to fire Mike Buckley because this is now the second goaltender that has regressed 
under his time here. Matt Murray really regressed um, as soon as Mike Buckley became the coach and Mike Bales left to go, I believe, to the Carolina Hurricanes, where I think he still resides um, today. So I definitely think that if there is one coaching change the Penguins should make, it is in goal with Mike Buckley. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Again, everyone, thank you all so, so much for listening to me blabber about this team for the entire season. Um, We basically have now wrapped up season two of the podcast. But again, the content does not stop there. I'll have episodes Monday through Friday um, through the month of June. July, we'll have to see. I think it'll start out as Monday through Friday before going to three days a week. Definitely in August, it'll be three days a week. I mean, that's just the dog days of summer. And then it'll really start to ramp up again in September. Then of course, October as the next season gets underway. But um, thank you so much. This has been such a wild ride. And hopefully next season is the one where I can really talk Penguins hockey with you in a deep playoff run for the first time. I thought it was going to be this year. I really thought this team was going to go far. And it's just really unfortunate that, you know, it's over and that they did lose again to the New York Islanders. But again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins and all season long. And I'll be back with another episode on Monday.